Welcome to the Moon Room. <laughs> Happy 2023, everybody. We're in the new year. We made it. Y'all, we made it to 2020. I fucking made it to 2023. Um, although this technically isn't like a new year, um, which is why I didn't like bring it in the same way as usual. Um, I go by the, <clears throat> I live by the, the seat, like the earth, earth calendar, the earth t- time or whatever. So you know, when the winter solstice happens, that's like, you know, that's a marker for like, what is that, the end of the year or whatever. And then the new year starts in the spring equinox. So for the the witchy people, the pagans, all the ones who um, <clears throat> have like nature spirituality and stuff, um, our calendars, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day doesn't really do, mean it's not it's not a time for doing um what is it called? Uh, resolutions, New Year's resolutions, because Earth is asleep right now. So like the energies are actually for everyone to go inward, to be doing less, to be um, ooh, 111, to be listening to spirit, to be listening to their insides and um, to hold off on the resolutions till the spring equinox. Because if you're trying to, to like tell yourself, I'm going to change this, this, this on January 1st, well, the energies of the planet are not in like manifestation mode of that kind. Like they're in uh, making you tired, making you do less, making you feel heavier so that you can um, actually receive. This is the, t- what, what do we call this in like um, goddess spirituality and stuff is that the void. I, I love the season of the void. It is essentially the void is the womb of the mother. And in the womb, nothing exists. Everything is like, there's nothing in the womb until it's growing. It's like, it's growing essentially. So we're in the season of the void and that means doing, doing less in general. Anyway, so I, 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 you know, I talk about it being the new year. For me, it's not a new year, but I still have, like you live on the calendar, but at the same time you don't live on a calendar. Like the people that I was living with in upstate New York, we operated around the like earth earth seasons and stuff so around like you know november people are starting to tell each other or december oh you know like you'll see me less like we'll say that to each other you'll be seeing me less i'm gonna go inward and then like you don't really hear from people till like march if not april (laughs) um so yeah that's what this time is for me at least thing is a lot's been happening for me in this like void time when you're in the void a lot of creation happens so you become more creative your creative energies and juices get more sparked up so I've been doing a lot more around my projects and things like creatively um which has been really lovely at the same time though I'm dealing with a crazy divorce and so the divorce is like super fucking stressful and it can like throw you off for like a day or two (laughs) like focusing on the stuff for a divorce and then being able to come back to your project. So that's kind of been my, that's been my like ebb and flow for almost a year. Well, yeah, for a while now, of like trying to maneuver my, what's going on with my divorce around what I'm trying to create as a new single lady. Anyway, so today I'm supposed to tell a story. And, I, you know, I was like, I, Spirit told me this like two days ago and I've been fighting it for two days. I was literally like, Why? Oh, three, 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 three. Why though, spirit? Like, why do I tell this story? I don't know. So it's supposed to be a, it's, I'm gonna tell y'all a story of one of my experiences. Um, and then we'll see, I guess, why spirit wanted me to tell this story. Yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, when I, y'all know how I was living in Oregon years and years ago, a whole other life ago, was that two lives ago? (laughs) 
And when I, it was like 2000, it was 2010. So it was when I graduated from college. All right. <laughs> so I graduated from college in, in my undergrad in 2010. And I started, I didn't start working at Girl Scouts for like a bit. Or maybe it was like during, my, yeah, because this this happened when it was like coming on the fall. So so I, I hadn't really started at Girl Scouts yet. I still, I had a different job first. <clears throat> And that job was working as a ballot signature like person. So like going door to door and getting signatures on a ballot. Y'all, <laughs> I have done it all. I have done all of the jobs on this fucking world. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, so um, I was living in Salem, one of the worst years of my life. And I'm so grateful that I survived that shit. And I was living with my ex um, in his mom's house. And but I was living with like five dudes at the time because like that was part of my ex always having people live with us like a child even up to when the last two years of my marriage there was we had fucking roommates coming in and out to anyway so I was living with like five dudes <laughs> at that time and one of them, and the job I like I had to you know put, guess I was also a student I, I think I don't know if I yeah I just graduated I think with this job yeah so I I was just out of college I think and anyway um. I got this job as a signature, a ballot signature person. And it was basically you go door to door, you know, in the teams of two. So I didn't take this job seriously at all, at all, at all. Because here I am fresh with a college degree. Like, what the fuck do I like? But but that was, again, part of mm, being with my ex is that I was to take always low paying jobs or like ones that were very below what I could actually do in order to, quote, focus on the music. So my entire career was always taking less job, less paying jobs or less like, um, what is the word? Uh, just jobs that are just, that aren't, that don't match up with like your education level. That was what it always was. So child, I've been a KJ, like running karaoke, bro. Like I had the worst, like I had the lowest job. (laughs) The only thing I didn't have to do was thank God I avoid being like a janitor somewhere, not to disrespect anybody who has those jobs, but, um, when it's anyway back to the thing <laughs> working as a ballot signature person so I go to to this place is it was in downtown Salem and um everybody was like around my age which was really cool we were all like kind of college kids from all over and um the thing was being run by these two guys and these guys you know like it was a it's a job that's like not that serious but anyway so the the the, the ballot we were trying to get signed for or like put on um actually was it went against my morals actually um so that was when I started having to learn like you got to sometimes do jobs where they're against your what's that called we learned about that in my master's program um moral injury so when they cause moral injury which is like okay this is a bad comparison but this is just the comparison people use when they actually learn about moral injury which is like if you're a soldier in a war <clears throat> and you're you know, your platoon person or whatever, your, your captain of your squad or whatever tells you to go do a thing that is, you know, like maybe tells a soldier, go like murder a bunch of people in this house and we just go move on and call it war. And the soldier feels like they're not, they don't want to do that, but they have to do it anyway because they're under orders. Like that's a moral injury. So to, to, for that person that does it anyway, because they were, you know, uh, essentially quote unquote forced to, they receive a moral injury. And there's a lot of people walking around with moral injuries that have gone to war. This was not anything like war. And so 
<laughs> but the ballot itself that I was that we were having to get signed for me personally and for the people like for the guy that I um, was on the team with was like a moral injury. So what you do in those cases is for me, I find other ways to enjoy this thing I got to do because it's going against my heart, but I have to do it for money. So um, I'm going to have fun doing it and I'm going to do all kind of shit like I'm going to break their fuck. I'm going to do I'm going to take advantage of it. That's what I do. Whenever I come against a job that's want to, you know, tell me to do something that I don't believe in doing, I will take full advantage of that fucking job. <laughs> okay, so maybe that's why I just stumbled to tell the story, because the way I took advantage <laughs> will likely, I will tell my grandkids these stories. All right, so, so uh, we get put in teams, right? Well, first we weren't put in teams. First we were like, it was just like big groups of people, right? But I had been a, like, I had been a grad student, like not grad, so I was an undergrad and I had come out, here I am coming fresh with a women's studies degree, right? And so we're learning all about like, you know, like the, the, the equality of all and all this stuff, right? The ballot itself was about trying to, ch- so Oregon is one of the only places that has like, they have a large Native American population or, and um, it, like, there's ground like there's there's places in Oregon like when you cross into this place there's they're not the laws of the U.S. don't like they how can I explain it essentially they it's sovereign so like they control they have their own laws they have their own police all that stuff in certain areas and especially where the casinos exist so if you go on casino land like you're not you're quote like no longer in the U.S. you're like in that places like that tribe's country which is fucking beautiful. I, I love that concept. I used to love driving by the, the casinos and being, you know, I never got to really go. Well, I think I went to a casino like once or twice. Yeah, we went to like once or twice. But like I never, like getting to see that, getting to like understand that like these people um, have been able to take back their power in such a way to where they can literally um, have whole parts of Oregon that are just like theirs. And whatever happens on that land, they are the ones who are responsible for like, carrying out you know punishments or whatever which yes they deserve that they deserve more <laughs> than that oh 10 10 so but the crazy thing is is that well the great thing though is that the casinos in in the law of the Oregon is that only only Native Americans can own casinos like because that's the one way that they get their money to be able to put back into their communities so you can't open a private casino in Oregon now this is back in 2010 all right, so there's also big racetracks out there. Like, everybody knows about, like, racetracks, you know, um, gambling and all that, like horse tracks. So there's this horse, there was, there's all these horse tracks out there, and there are places, I guess, that were owned by private people that wanted to be able to have casinos. So this one company, essentially, what they do is they buy up an old horse casino track, like a, or not casino, but like a horse racing place or whatever. They buy all this land, and then they make a they make a, a like a business plan or whatever and they essentially draw up the um the plans for a, a big family fun center is what they were trying to call it so family fun center kind of like um great what was it out here great wolf lodge or whatever where you could just it's like a, a water park there's you know a hotel there's it's like a big resort but this place also would have a casino on it and so <clears throat> what this private company was trying to do was change the constitution of Oregon. So they created a ballot and I don't remember the number of it. It was like, it was two of them. It was like, it was like 72 and 73 or something. Like, you know how like, um, 
measures that you're trying to put in place have numbers. Okay, so it was like measure like 72 and measure 73, something like that. And there was these two measures that you had to get signatures for. The first one was to say that you can allow anyone who is not Native American to open a casino. That was the first one. Then the second, so that's to, to shift the fucking constitution, which is fucking devilish. And then the second one that you had to get signed right away it was also to allow them to use that land, the the racetrack land, um, because it was closer to, I think it was close to, it wasn't close to resident. It was something about it where it was like that the space that they picked was going to be problematic for the residentials and all that. So it was essentially to do that, to like, First, allow to change the Constitution. Second, allow them to actually put it where they want to put it, this big family fun center. All right. So here I come. And these two men who are running the thing are telling us what the ballot measure is. And they're saying, you don't need to like, you know, you don't need to agree with it. You don't need to da, da, da. All you got to do is just, here's a script. And you give, you say the script and then you get these people to sign. All right. So here I go. The first couple of days, it was like me and like a group of people, big group. And you just, everybody that got a car, you get to drive you. It was fun. Like you get in your car and just drive around and you pick neighborhoods. They had maps of the whole like Salem. And so you go and you pick um, where to, you know, where to take, like this group of people takes this neighborhood. This group of people takes this neighborhood. Okay. So it was, if the first couple of days, it was like strange, but this, by the second, I think it was, you know, like I think well, the first time I went out with a group was good. The second time I went out with a group. There was like five of us and we all drove to a neighborhood and then we got out of our cars and we realized that like, oh, we should all split up. So three people went one way and then me and this guy, this other guy, we took another set of like streets and these are all like suburban neighborhoods, really cute. So funny thing is the guy that I got paired up with um, or that we and him chose to be partners, he had the same name as my ex, just spelled a little bit differently. So that was so, that's what's so interesting about this because the adventures of me and this <laughs> This guy was so cool um, and fun compared to the adventures I had with my ex. Anyway, so so we paired me and this guy. We're like, all right, since the three of them are going to take these streets over here, let's us two go on these other streets. All right. So we then split off. And I'll never forget this day because it was raining and I had a big bush. I was wearing my um, hair natural then. And so I had this big old fro. And me and this guy start walking down the street and we get down to this run road and we're like, all right, there's a cul-de-sac over here. He says, I'm going to go to the, to the right. I'm going to go down this road. And then you go get all the houses in the cul-de-sac and we're going to split up. So I have now split up twice. I came to this place with five people. We split up to two and then me and the other guys split up. All right. So, uh, so again, I'm brand new to like this kind of job. Like I was always, I had a social work job before, like when I was in college. So this is my first time doing like a, just like one of these type of things. All right. So we split off and I go down into this cul-de-sac. <laughs> I go to this cul-de-sac and I'll fucking never forget this, bro. Like this is the craziest shit. Like, I told y'all Oregon got some crazy people, man. All right. So I go up to this one house and I ring the doorbell. I do what I'm supposed to do. It's raining at this point. And I didn't have a hood because I didn't care because it was like my hair is natural and this rain will be nice and wet, nice and moisturize it. So I didn't wear a hood, I don't think. And so I go to the door and this, I ring the doorbell and this man answers the door and I start doing my script. And he says to me, oh, do you want to come in from the rain? Because it's raining. <laughs> yeah. OK, because see, by this point, I'm naive as fuck, right? No, so naive. So I'm like, okay, sure. It's just so child. Did a man? Oh, and this is this is not. They did not coat. They 
don't go in people's houses. Like they didn't tell us not to go in people's houses, but it was probably most people know, don't do that. But I was just being naive. Like I'm being sweet, naive, my little self. All right. So the man says, yeah, you want to come in so so I can hear the rest of it because it's raining. All right, fine, child, (laughs) y'all. He opens the door and I go in and like he closed it behind me or something. And it was, I instantly was like, I have made a fucking mistake. (laughs) I have made a fucking mistake. Because what I was standing in, y'all, y'all. Okay, so the foyer, I'm in a foyer. And like, this is, what is this? This is Salem. So these houses are like, you know, they're not like old houses. It just looked like, it was like a just suburban house on the outside. But on the inside, I'm in the foyer. And like, to my left is a, is a room that's like, maybe like the, the front dining room or something. That room had a light on. The light was on in that room. But where I'm standing, the lights is off. And leading forward into the rest of the house, the lights are off. And... The light with the, the room with the light on was full of dolls, y'all. Like floor to ceiling, full of fucking dolls. Like he had, and there were all types of dolls, porcelain, porcelain dolls, like everything. There was just all these fucking dolls everywhere. I mean, the whole walls. He had shelves and shelves and shelves, but they were all over the floor. They were everywhere. And there was this big ass dirty mattress, bro. And then when I was in the foyer, there's more shit. Like there was more doll memorabilia and shit and toys and shit. It was like, but it was, there was no children living in this motherfucker, y'all. Wasn't no kids here. So I see the mattress to my left, bro. In a room full of all these crazy ass dolls, like all these dolls. It's the creepiest shit. And I'm standing there and I'm like, okay, so I just act. I just keep, I just take my script. And he's standing there, and he was this skinny little, oh, I'll never forget this man. He was so fucking creepy, y'all. So creepy. And I tell him the script, and he's asking me, I don't even remember what he was asking me, but I I started backing up to the door. Like, what the fuck? Why is this door closed behind me? I started backing up to the door, and I'm just doing my script and keeping him really um, focused on the ballot thing that I have in my hands. And I'm, I'm just like hoping and praying I'm gonna get out this fucking house, bro. This all happened within like, you know, wasn't even like a five minute situation. I was like in and out. Once I saw the, the fucking dolls, like I, I real quick woke up <laughs> to the shit. And so I'm talking to him and da, da, da. And then I think I got to the end of my script and, and I, I think he signed. I don't even know if he fucking signed, but I just started, I think I put my hand on the door to like open it. And then he came back around real fast. And he opened it and I just kept backing out, backing out, backing out to the screen door, back out. And I was like, okay, thank you. I don't even remember. Bro, once he closed the door behind me, when I say I turned and sprinted, bro, I sprinted so hard, so hard looking for this. The guy that I was um, paired with, his name was Brian, but it's spelled with a Y. I was looking for Brian, bro. I'm screaming. Like, I don't even know if I was screaming. I just was like running and like, I don't even know how I found him again. Maybe I texted him. But by the time I found him, I'm like, bro, like I'm telling him all this stuff. My hair is mopping wet. And I'm like, bro, you will not believe it. And he was like, girl, don't you know not to go into people's houses? And I was like, I didn't even think like it. And he, he goes, all right, look, I'm sticking with you. You're going to just, <laughs> he was like, you're going to get kidnapped on this fucking job. You're and me about to be just a team. Like he just became like, he got like real bear protective all of a sudden. And so he was like, we're not separating. <laughs> He's like, we're not splitting up ever again. <laughs> and you're just going to be, I'm, I'm looking out for you because you're going to get snatched up in this motherfucker. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so grateful. Y'all, when spirit sends angels in the craziest ways. This guy was so fucking amazing. All right. So he's like, we ain't splitting up. 
So for the rest of that day, we go around the rest of the neighborhood in the rain <clears throat> and, and the two of us get our signatures. We meet back up with the group of three and then we all go back. That's the end of the day. All right. <clears throat> the thing is, is the, the quota. The guys only had, they had a quota where it was like, all you got to do is get, I think a day, all you had to do was get like, fill up your one page. So the whole, if you could fill up one page in a day, that was like your, you could, you could stop. But like, if you wanted to keep filling up more pages, you'd get incentives. So there was like incentives people was getting for like filling up five. And at the end of the day, everybody would go and see how many signatures they got. All right. So what we figured out though, was like, you, you could do the least amount of signatures and still be good. But if you're good at getting signatures, that leaves you with the rest of the day to just like fuck around. This was so fun, y'all. So for the ones that were like really smart, <laughs> you're like, all right, like we're gonna gonna hit our 15, 15 uh, thing quota, and then we'll spend the rest of the day just like getting paid <laughs> to drive around. So the first thing that happened was this creepy doll. All right, this creepy doll man. So me and the guy, we, the, I think the next day, I don't even know if it was the next day, but after after that first time, we start the two of us just start breaking. So like we everybody meet everybody that, like I think there was like twenty something of us that would all meet at the beginning of the day um, in the office. And then we would all get our partners and, and get our stuff. And then everybody decides who they're driving with and blah, blah, blah. So after this creepy doll, man, I went and we went, we came back and we told the two guys who were in charge and they're like, oh shit. All right. We need, we need to put, um, you know, measures in place. That's me. I'm like, yeah, we need to do some shit. Like some, you know, the fact that there's these creepy people. So they make a rule now where we have to have a buddy. Like, so my situation is what made it where we have to pair up 22, 22 on the clock. Oh, I've been talking for 20 minutes. All right. So um, where we had to pair up. So me and this guy, Brian, we pair up and we go out again. All right. On another one of the days, it was a sunny, beautiful day. I'll never forget this. It was so amazing. We pick a neighborhood that had like really, it was like these big ass houses, like big, big, nice, beautiful houses. I mean, yeah. And so we go down this, we go... We pick a neighborhood and we start walking through the neighborhood. Now, mind you, we just get, it was fun. Like we, we walk around, we eating snacks, we, t- we talking, we have, we just cracking jokes, all this shit, right? Child. We get to this one street and there was like these guys playing basketball outside of one of these houses. When I say it was, these were big houses though, like six, seven bedroom houses. So we get to this one neighborhood and go down this one street and these guys are playing basketball. And the guy, Brian, that I know, he recognizes one of the guys. So Brian says, stay where you at, Randa. I have no idea what's going on. He's like, stay where you at right here. I was like, all right. So he runs over to the guy and they start talking and Brian runs back to me and he says, Randa, all right, look, I need you to walk down the street and then turn a corner and stay and wait for me. What? What's happening? I'm like, what's going on? He's like, all right. So that guy that I know, that's my friend. He, he, cause like the guy that I, so the guy, Brian, he went to, I went to OSU. He went to U of O, which is the rival school. So like people that go to those two schools, you end up knowing people from all like, it, y'all know how colleges work. So he knew this guy from U of O and at U of O, this guy was, I think, I don't know if he was a social work degree or whatever, but what he was doing was a social work job. And like, we were watching him do his job. And Brian said, that's my friend. He works for, a." Uh, a, a program that re, um, rehabilitates sex offenders. <laughs> so he said, this is their group home. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing at this. Like, my fucking luck. He's like, this is their group home and all these guys that are standing outside playing basketball are all sex offenders and they live here <laughs> in his house. And he was like, so the guy told me to tell you, don't come to the house, <laughs> go down the street and turn the corner and wait. 
So Brian went to the house and got the signatures of those guys, bro. But it was like eight guys total. Like only five of them was outside. But it was like the house was like full of fucking sex offenders, bro. Like I cannot, I cannot believe my goddamn life. So, uh, so I'm like, oh shit. So I do. I go down the road. I stand, turn around. And I'm, I start praying. Child. I'm like, oh my god. Like what the fuck? What the fuck? I've already had the creepy weirdo with the dolls and shit. Who knows what the fuck this man? Who knows what children he kidnapping and doing whatever with the internet house? And then he go to sex offender house. Randa, what the fuck is around you? Like me, I'm standing there just having this a, a come to Jesus. Like, what's going on? Maybe I should just go back to college and never come back. Not come into the new world, into the into the world because like there's too much shit that I could run into. I'm obviously naive as fucking. I would have honestly walked up to that house and just been cool and chill and. And he was like, so he's like, knowing you though, <laughs> knowing you, but you would have gone into the fucking house. Like, cause I, you know, so I do. I, so, so anyway, I don't know how long it took, maybe five, 10 minutes. <clears throat> and then here comes Brian running around the corner and he's like, all right, I got the signatures. Let's keep going. <laughs> oh my God. So it was just like, he's like, I really, so then he goes, now nah, I really need to stick around you girl. Cause like, what the fuck? Like neither one of us ex- like ex- expected for this situation to come up like this is what people experience i guess when they're doing this as their job you know 24 7 so anyway he's like all right let's keep running let's keep going on all right so at the end of that day we go back to the office i think me and him might have been the oldest some of the oldest ones doing the job <clears throat> so we go back to the office and then we tell the guy all right look there's sex offender houses out here and like brian's all mad he's like randa you know i had to send randa down the road and he she couldn't even go to the house da, da, da. Spirit be sending me all kind of people that go to bat for me. I love it. So he's going to bat for me to the guy who's in charge. So that guy goes, all right. He contacts the actual like corporate or whatever of who running this shit. They then send down maps over the, this all happened within the first week or so, a couple weeks. They send out maps and they're like, all right, they now have a list of houses that show where the sex offender houses are. So now here's this whole group of 20 something of us. In the morning now, we sit and all the women who are involved and stuff, we're all sitting and looking at these fucking maps. And I think they had like green dots on them to be like, this is sex offender house, this is sex offender house. And then it, they, we strategized, you know, if any women are going to be doing signatures in that area, they always got to have a dude with them or a couple dudes or whatever. So, so this becomes an actual thing, like policy now, which was lovely um, to protect us. Because it was like, what the fuck? I shouldn't have to like, Yeah. So after that, we go with our trusty maps. <clears throat> so then after, uh, we've all hit Salem. There were so many of us that were crowding Salem that it felt like, I think it came down to like um, about a th- third week, we, people were, were not, like we're doubling up on houses. Like there was two, like you'd get to a house and a person would be like, oh, somebody already came and got my signature. So we're like overlapping. Okay, so the th- great thing about living in Corvallis for all them years when I was in college is like Corvallis is connected to like, all these other little towns. So we're not connected, but there's all these little towns that exist around Corvallis before you get up to Salem. So everything from Salem down south to Corvallis, I know that area really well because I had to dri- I'm driving it for school. I was living in Salem and I was still a full-time student down in Corvallis. So I was, which was really difficult to finish my degree doing that, living with my boyfriend up in Salem. So, <clears throat> so I then tell, we leave, we leave the office one morning and we're realizing that like everybody's, um, overlapping so we're losing ground i then say to brian i'm like look let's go to albany now albany i call albany the ass crack of god like that i used to think it was such a shithole like i hated albany and anybody that live in albany well too bad that you're hearing this that way but like that place was such a shitty place <laughs> i hated that fucking town um 
But I was like, I know Albany though, because Albany, I used to work in, I did coffee in Albany. Because when you live in Corvallis, it's only like 20 miles or something to Albany. And so people that would live in Corvallis, they would, or work in Corvallis, they would live in Albany. And then it would commute down to Corvallis. So, and the, or vice versa. Like I was a student down in Corvallis, but sometimes I'd go up to Albany to work at the Starbucks up there. So, um, cause all the, all the cafes were connected. So I tell Brian, I'm like, let's go down to Albany and see if we can get signatures. All right. So we go to the guy, we say, can we, we ask, you know, we tell him our plan and he's like, yeah, that's perfect. We can, you can get more signatures down there. Cause me and him was getting a lot of signatures. So we drive, I, that's like a 30, it's like a 30, 40 minute drive down there, which is so fun. It's like a country drive. So of course we drive down there. We have a music playing all this stuff. We get down to Corvallis and we start knocking on doors and someone calls the cops. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was sitting in my car. I'll never forget. I was sitting in my car and Brian had run up to his door and a person yelled at him. So he's like, all right. So he run, I watch him from, this, from my car. I watch him go down this whole street and knock on all these different doors to, to get signatures. Somebody from that street called the cops and our boss then calls us where we're at in the car. And he's like, look, the, I guess there's an ordinance in the town of Albany that says you can't do soliciting for, of any kind. So I'm sitting there in my car and I'm like, well, shit, we didn't drove all this way. Like, and we getting paid for the gas too. Like, right. So I'm like, we didn't drove all this way. I say, you know what though? If we go another 20 minutes South, that takes us down to like Corvallis area. And I was like, and there's all these little towns down there that we, so I'm telling my boss this on the phone. And I'm like, so can we have permission to drive like, you know, further down or we can even drive to Newport I tell him like Newport the beach you know and he's like fine just go wherever just get the damn signatures child you didn't give me permission to have a whole ass adventure all right so uh, this was I'll never this, this day was so fun so we get the cops called on us but then we end up having like the most adventurous day so I think from there we ended up driving to Newport which is the beach now we're now at this point like a cool ass hour from Salem where we originally started <clears throat> So when we get down to Newport, um, <laughs> like Newport is a tourist town. So that was so much fun. Cause of course, like we're not going to get fucking signatures down here. Like I knew that. I think Brian knew that too, but like, it was just like, now let's just have a fun day at the beach. <laughs> cause, cause at this point we can now say like, we can't get signatures. We couldn't get signatures. You were there, sir. Like you heard them, that they called the cops on us. So the rest of the day, we're like, quote, trying to get signatures. So we do, we do, we go to Newport, but you know, the Ripley's, believe it or not, museum is there. They got all these walruses laying out on the, on the um, dock. They've got cafes. There's, you can just walk around and have a gorgeous day. So we did, we, child, we went down onto the beach, like took the shoes off. We run around on the beach, having so much fun. And at one point, Brian says, let's go and see if we can get signatures from one of the cafes or something like that. So we, I, we go back up to like where people are at and like off the beach and shit you not y'all we walked right onto the set of TLC's show they were recording it um what's the show little people big world yeah little people big world that famous family um of little people they were recording a show and they were actually eating at the cafe <laughs> that Brian had said let's go to so here I am standing outside of it waiting for him to go in there's all these people around I didn't know what was going on he goes in he takes forever and then he runs out and he goes, I just got on the show of Little Big World. <laughs> Little People Big World. He was like, I just got to meet them and everything. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? What are we in right? What kind of movie are we in right now, bro? Like, we are just having the craziest, fun, most fun adventures, like lifetime shit, like stuff of a lifetime. 
Um, so yeah, he runs out and he's like, yeah, I just got to go meet them. He, I, I accidentally walked on the set and I, was, I didn't realize they were filming or who it was. So I'm just asking people for signatures. And the little people who are like the stars of the show, they actually, I think one gave him the signature. <laughs> Like uh, it was the mom or the, I think it was the mom that maybe did it, but somebody gave him the signature off of that set. I, it was so crazy for him to run out and tell me that. Anyway, so we're like, we're like, shit, now it's like three o'clock and we're like, well, shit, what, what do we do at this point? Like, so now we're like, well, let's just keep fucking around. So I said, let's go to, um, let's, <laughs> let's go to All Sea Mountain. Let's go to Mary's Peak. So now, mind you, Oregon is so mountainous. So we then... I think Mary's Peak is a is a big it's a big mountain that like has all these hiking trails and stuff. But at the very top is my favorite. It used to be my favorite place on earth, which was this. It was one of the highest points on the coastal range. And when you get to the top of it, you can stand in the same spot and look at the whole horizon of like so you can see all of the mountains because Oregon has ice cap mountains that kind of they go in a straight line when you're looking at it from the right place. So you could see all the way from Mount Hood and St. Helens all the way down to like the three sisters in Bend and shit, like in one row. So my ex used to, was always, was taking me up there and up, being up there helped me through the depression that I was, had gone through like a couple years before, just being up there. And like, that's where I feel like I started hearing spirit talk to me in nature. So, um, but if you stand in the same, so you stand in one spot and you're looking at the row of mountains, but if, but if you turn around, in the same exact spot, you can watch the sun set on the ocean in Newport. So it is the most magical fucking place to be. Like, and it turned out that um, the local Native American tribes, like they had actually, this was a sacred place to them, this place, this spot. So I tell Brian, the Brian that I'm, you know, the one with the, the one that I'm working with, I say, let's go to Mary's Peak then, child. All right. So we drive, that's a good, cool, like 40 minute drive from, you know, Newport up to, cause it's on the way back up to go to Salem. So we go, we stop. I think we, and we got like, I was like, well, shit, we got, we went and got a bottle of Jack Daniels, like a little short bottle of Jack Daniels child. Like, I'm going to tell you what, take advantage of fucking, um, this fucking job because of what they were making us do. Yeah. I was like, let's go to the bottle, bottle of Jack Daniels child. We went up there. It was like a movie. We just like did our like hike up there. We sat up there and we like had snacks and drinks and we just, it was so fun. I'm sure we both had crushes on each other as well, <laughs> to be honest, but it was so much fun just sitting up there and just fucking around and, and stuff. So we sat up there for like an hour maybe. And then we, at the end of it, I think we end up like going back, turning our shit in. And then we met both of our partners at like a bar for karaoke. Like both, we both had partners and they, we had all agreed we're going to meet for karaoke that night. So this day started with, uh, walking up, like, you know, getting, getting the cops called on us in Albany and ended with us having Jack Daniels and snacks and shit on the top of a mountain and then going to meet for karaoke one day that was a that was one day of my life in that time so magical so uh again like I said I was grateful that I took advantage of this job because what they were trying to do was take they were take, trying to take the rights away from Native Americans that was the most protected thing that Native Americans have in that state which is to be able to be in control of, of at least something that will give them and their communities um, abundance in, in finances because so much has been taken from them by this fucked up country. Um, so to then go and sit at the top of a mountain on, an, on a very sacred Native American spot and just take full advantage of these motherfuckers, it was so nice. And now I have a great story for it. <laughs> so yeah, that was like, I was supposed to tell that story. I'm not really sure. Like, I guess, you know, oh, that was what it was. All right, so the last thing Spirit wanted me to tell y'all is this place. So Mary's Peak, magical fucking place. Anyone who ever 
is in Oregon or whatever, go to Alsea Mountain and go to the top and go to Mary's Peak. That shit is phenomenal. It is, like I said, it's, it's magical. You can, you're watching the sunset from the same spot that you're actually seeing the, uh, the mountains. And um, the, the one, one of, so one of the things, though, that happened to me when I was up there, I was, I was going up there for years and years and years. Until we left Oregon, I was still going up to Mary's Peak. And um, one of the times I was up there, though, with my ex was, so I, I was walking up it and it's like a big field. I felt like I was being watched by something from the trees. So like, I'll never forget this one day. Yeah, well, it was with my ex though. We were climbing the mountain and the tree line to my right, it just felt like somebody was watching me or something had just run through it or something. So I turned and I look and I'm staring. I'm staring and I'm staring and there's nothing there. And I'm like, okay, so I keep walking and then I feel it again like something is watching me. So I stop and I just keep staring at this fucking thing. And I now know what was happening. Like at the time, I didn't know what was happening. But after all these years, a decade or so later, I understand what was happening. I kept sensing something running through the trees and then stopping and staring at me. And when I would look, the thing that I kept imagining in my mind, it was like a creature, like a tall, skinny creature. And... I would just, to myself, be like, girl, you losing it. Like, I just keep walking. But like, I just kept, quote, imagining. It was like as if I had imagined something running by and, and then stopping and staring at me. Well, now I understand what the third eye is. Like, when your third eye is open, what you imagine is happening is a lot of times your spirit, like, you're, you're actually seeing what's really there or sensing what's really there. But if you don't know that that's how your intuition works or that's how your third eye works, then you just will discount it as like, oh, I just had this random, you know, this random thought pop into my head. But that's actually what third eye situations and shit feel like. So I now know that there was something <laughs> in the trees that was standing there watching me um, because now that I am a decade older, I completely understand that when I get those feelings, that's, what that, that's what's actually happening. The thing is, is that I had that experience a decade ago, but Native Americans had already dubbed that place as a sacred, magical place. Like legit, it is co co considered a magical place, like where magic things happen. That place up there healed me. Every single person that ever met me in Oregon knows about Mary's Peak because I just would talk about it. I would literally tell them, I would say, if me and so-and-so don't make it, this is what I would tell them. I'm like, if me and so-and-so don't make it, you know, my ex, then I'm telling all y'all I want my body burned when I'm when I dead when I'm dead I wanted my body uh, cremated and I want my ashes spread off the top of Mary's Peak, like that was like the thing I would always say to people and, they, and of course my ex after would be like why are you saying that like we're not gonna make it well, <laughs> here we are, <laughs> here we are, um, I don't think I want my body spread off Mary's Peak anymore I th I think I want to be put back into the ground or I want to I've been thinking about that like do I want to be turned into a tree do I want to be turned into a diamond because you can do that too like you can have yourself turned into an actual stone. Do I want to be planted? Do I want to be buried? Do I want to be put in a coffin or not? Like, I don't want to be put in a coffin. I just want to just put, put my body in a sack and put it down in the ground, let it bury me under a tree. I don't know, fuck, like, you know, but that was the big thing was like, I want to be connected to this place, this magical place that where I feel like I've refound God um, forever. And so, yeah, like I would take people there all the time. We would go hiking and stuff. Um, but yeah, like I think I, like I'm pretty sure at this point that the reason why I was so drawn to that place and what I was experiencing, I was actually experiencing otherworldly beings like up there just didn't know what I was. I just didn't understand like that's what it was at the time. I didn't understand that um, that if you're imagining seeing something like right by you, 
and you're as powerful as me, as somebody as powerful as me spiritually, then it's likely that that's what's actually right there. And yeah, which can really fuck with you sometimes. <laughs> um, but here, you know, we talk about how the worlds are coming together. The veils are super thin and all that shit. I guess for someone who was um, going through their awakening, like I was kind of in that process already, um, spirit was up there trying to show me what's really there. And um, yeah, so that's why I like to this day, I'm pretty sure that's why I've, I was experiencing that crazy shit up there and see being able to feel like I was being watched from the trees. Anyway, I think I'm just repeating myself at this point. I don't really know why I was supposed to tell that story other than that it's a funny story um, that, uh, um, you know, me and this guy ended up going all over the place and just taking advantage of this fucked up company that was trying to take Native Americans rights from them, you know, going all over different parks and shit and just fucking around. Um, so, yeah, maybe this was helpful to somebody. It was fun to talk about. I got to, you know, like I said, be on the set of Little Big World <laughs> and uh, the creepy dog guy. If there's if there's anyone that comes across a person that has a room like that, I don't know if we're supposed to call the police like that. I couldn't prove that anything was happening. But like I'm a social worker now, so I know now I know what the fuck that shit was. That was just something I, I just you know what it is. I'm grateful to God. I'm so grateful to Soraya for that's what. OK, so maybe that's what the story is. Is it like I have I have come up on and come across so much crazy shit in my life that like it's only in movies, like only in a fucking movie does like this shit happen. But the thing is, is, like at the time I felt like I wanted to be in a movie. So I was like making shit happen, like not not the creepy doll guy's house, but like, you know, oh, well let's our day starts in one place and we're going to just like have adventures through the rest of the day, like a fucking movie. Um, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm rambling now. So, um, I, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> All right, y'all. I hope this was fun. Happy 2023. And, um, I will see y'all again. Love you. <laughs>